Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, it is good to see you. We are so glad that you're here in Concord and watching us online and in all of our locations. And and all of our locations were one big family and in different areas as we gather. So we're so thankful for all of that. If you take your copy of God's Word and turn to the book of Exodus as we begin a brand new series today that we are um, excited about. I do want to mention uh, coming off our 10 days of prayer, just absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. And then the, uh, that first Wednesday service in both locations, uh, just, just great things that God is doing. And uh, here's the way I want you to view 10 days of prayer. So 10 days of prayer is your quad shot of espresso in the morning that kind of jump-started you. But we want to keep it going. Amen. We believe there's more. Like that wasn't the end. That was the beginning. Anybody believe that? Come on. Anybody out there believe that? That wasn't the end. That was the beginning. And so we want to keep that going every Monday. Every Monday at 6 o'clock at the Loft in Davidson right here in Concord at cfachurch.com. If you're driving to work or getting the kids ready, uh, we want to continue. But if you can if you can be in the house, would you be in the house? There's, I kept hearing um, how encouraging it was that the, the crowd that came out and how encouraging it was, and, and it's good to just pray together. So we'll be here um, every Monday at 6 o'clock. What if you woke up and discovered that you were royalty? That wouldn't be too bad, right? Like, like what if the 23andMe DNA test that somebody got you for your birthday six months ago, you finally were like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and like, what if that came back and, and you, were, you were a prince? You were the princess of Wales. You were the, the heir to the throne in Sweden. I don't know if that's a thing. But like, if... Like, what if not 75 people removed, but like, what if you were next up? Like, what if you were true royalty? And I, I know you say, well, that can't happen. No, it can't happen because, because I watched it happen on Sophia the First. <laughs> and see, see, what you got to know is that as a pastor, having children opens your world up to a whole new realm of stories and illustrations that you did not know existed before. And so I, I, I promise you that... Uh, 20 years ago, your si- uh, single guy would not have known about Sophia the First, but I got a little girl, and so I grew up now on Sophia the First, and so if you don't know about Sophia, let me tell you about Sophia. So Sophia and her mother, uh, Miranda, they were, they were peasants until her mother fell in love with King Edmund II, and King Edmund II fell in love with her mama, and so they got married, and so in an instant, right, like in one moment, in one moment, Sophia Sophia goes from peasant to princess, from peasant to princess. But see, now the show is about Sophia learning out to learning how to live her life as royalty. Does that make sense? Let me explain it this way. Um, some things in your life changed in a moment, but you had to learn how to walk it out. Say walk it out. So at an altar, those of you who were married, and you said, I do, and the preacher said, by the power vested in me by the state of North Carolina and the Assemblies of God, I now pronounce you husband and wife. In a moment, your legal status changed. In a moment, your situation changed. But husbands, you had to learn how to walk it out. 
Some of the husbands in the house are still learning how to walk it out. Because I'm telling you, you had some single dude habits that did not go oh so well as you learned to walk it out. You had to learn that the toilet paper went on the roll a certain way. You had to, you had to learn, you had to learn that the jug of milk was not a, was not your personal drinking glass. I'm going to tell myself here. Y'all pray for your pastor. Your pastor, has, I've, got some, I've got a past, okay, and I've got some habits that are not fully sanctified. So two months ago, I went to the refrigerator, and I opened up the door of my refrigerator, and I grabbed the milk, and I was, and I was here. And I suddenly realized in that moment that I had a kitchen full of guests. <laughs> you don't recover from that moment, just let me tell you. Oh, we, anybody else want any milk? Anybody, everybody have some milk? And y'all are like, I'm not inviting pastor over to my house at all. I'm working through it because you got you to gotta learn how to walk out your current situation, your new identity. This is what happened to the Israelites. This is what happened to the Israelites. For 400 years, their identity was that they were slaves to the Egyptians. So they had slave stories and slave songs and, and, and a slave identity, and they would wake up, and the taskmaster would force them to bake bricks and do horrible labor and everything like that. And they cried out to God, and God heard them, and he delivered them. He raised up Moses. He sent the plagues on the Egyptians, and, and he opened up the Red Sea, and the Israelites walked across the Red Sea on dry ground, and the waters closed in on Pharaoh's army. And so in a moment, watch this, in a moment, their identity changed. In a moment, their circumstances changed. In a moment, they went from slave to free. But how many of you know they had to wake up the next morning and walk out their freedom? And that's a little more difficult, right? Because they wake up, and all of their life, they never had a choice. They had to, and they reached on their back and felt the freshness of the scars on their back, and so they had to learn how to walk out their new identity, and I'm telling you, it's your situation too. It's my situation because we were bound by the chains of sin and we were bound by chains of religion and we were bound by addiction and past habits. We were bound by fear. We were bound by guilt and we were bound by shame. And in a moment when you said yes to Jesus, every chain over your life was broken. Every family cursed everything in your past. I'm telling you in a moment, the blood of Jesus doesn't save you halfway. It's saves you all the way. The blood of Jesus is good to completely set you free, but now you got to wake up and you got to live free. We have to learn how to live in our new identity. And so let's go to the book of Romans. The book of Romans talks about this. We've got two texts that we're going to be walking through during this series, and one is, is in Romans chapter 8, and the other is in the book of Exodus, so we're going to follow the story of the Israelites as they went from slaves to sons, as they, as they walked out their new identity. And so in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 15, the apostle Paul writes, 
to you and I, to New Testament believers. And he says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Do you see what he's doing here? He's tying our current situation all the way back to the nation of Israel. People of God, we're no longer slaves, we're free. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own kids. And now we get to call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's kids. And since we're his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. You are a child of the king, and that makes you royalty. That is your current situation. That is your identity. Hello, sons and daughters of God. But what God has to do is the same with us is the same thing he did with the Israelites. See, God takes you out of Egypt, and then he's got to get the Egypt out of you. You, you had to move, we have to move from a slavery mindset to a sons and daughters mindset. So we got all of this stuff. We've got royalty. We've got inheritance ahead of us. Does anybody know, uh, want to know how to access this? Say how. Well, Paul keeps going and he tells us in the next verse. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And this is, if I'm honest, this is where I don't like Paul so much. I'm like, Paul, why'd you have to put that in there? Like, couldn't, like in, the, in Princess Sophia, they gave her a magic amulet. And she just got to access her inheritance, inheritance with a magic amulet. So I'm like, where is my magic? God, couldn't you just wave your magic wand and I have access to all of my inheritance? And God's saying, no, I've got to take you. I've got to form. I've got to reform your new identity because you got all kinds of old ways of talking and thinking and all this junk of your past. And I can't get it out of you any other way except to allow you to walk through suffering. And I find myself... Like Jesus, remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus prayed, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. And God said, there's no other way. You got to, the, 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 let me say it this way, the empty tomb goes through the cross every single time. And an empty tomb that does not go through the cross is the same satanic temptation that Jesus faced in the wilderness when, when the enemy promised Jesus a throne without a cross. So you say, you say, what does a throne without a cross produce? It produces, have you ever run into anybody with the spirit of a spoiled, entitled princess spirit? Have you ever run into anybody that was like in a position of authority? They had a king spirit, but they were a selfish king, and it was all about them. And God's saying, ain't going to be no spoiled princesses or selfish kings in my kingdom. And so I got to walk you through a process, and the process is a process of suffering. And even though we don't like it, but, it, but listen, here's the good news. Can I just, can I just tell you this? You're going to suffer anyway. Like, that's called life. People are going to treat you wrong anyway. People are going to say stuff behind your back anyway. You're going you're gonna, to, at times in your life, you're going to struggle with finances anyway. You're going to struggle with some health stuff anyway. You might as well use it for the glory of God. You might as well have. So, so I want to welcome you. If you will say yes to this, this is what God is asking all of us. Will you step in to the RTA?
the RTA, the Royal Training Academy. The teacher is the Holy Spirit, and the classroom is the difficult circumstance that you're going through right now. And if you will allow him, the Holy Spirit will use that difficult circumstance in your life to train you for your inheritance. Come on, somebody say amen. That God wants to give us good things in our life, but we got to submit to his training. You are a royal. You are a royal. But what kind of royal will you be? Spoiled or servant, wimp or warrior. And I believe that Jesus is raising up some princess warriors and some servant kings. Here we go. Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved into the desert of Shur and they traveled in this desert three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter. Say bitter. The water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Here it is. Here's your RTA lesson number one. Everybody's got to face this. If you want to be a royal, how will I respond to bitter situations? How will I respond to bitter situations? Somebody is going to treat you wrong. You will be offended. You will have a circumstance in your life that's bitter. And Mara, Mara is an interesting place because Mara is not just a place of bitter circumstance. It's a place that initially it looked good. And it turned out to be better. And sometimes that can be even worse. It's like when you were laid off for three months and the first job that came across your path and you're like, that's an oasis. And you step into that and all of a sudden, week one, they're working you 80 hours and you don't get to even see your kids. And you're like, I, don't, I think this might be better. Uh, 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 here's, a, here's a Mara situation. A Mara situation is you haven't, single adult, you haven't had a date for six months or six years or whatever the situation might be and you're like you say yes to the first person that comes along and you step into that situation and by the second date they're saying things like I love you and you're like this is a you are Mara by Mara you like you know not every situation in in your life not every situation in your life that looked good turned out to be good have you been have you been to Mara how many of you are in a Mara right now? Don't look at your husband like that, ma'am. That's not a good way to do that. But think of the Israelites. I mean, they're thir they, are, they are thirsty. If you've been outside playing soccer or playing softball or, or I was, uh, uh, this past weekend I was planting some apple trees and, and it was warm out there and I wanted, wanted some water. And, and so the Israelites were walking three days in the desert and this place looked so good and it turned out the water, the water was, was bitter. Here's what the Israelites didn't do and I think it was a great choice. The Israelites were surrounded by bitter circumstances, but they didn't drink the water. Do you hear me? In your life, you might be surrounded by circumstances that would tempt you to be bitter, but you don't got to drink the water. 
You may not have chosen your circumstance right now, but you can choose not to be bitter. No, thank you. I'm not going to drink that. I know you're offering me a cup of bitterness, but I'm not going to be bitter. I know the circumstance is awful. I don't wish it upon anybody, but you don't have to drink it in. And that's what the Spirit is teaching us is the bitter situations don't have to make me bitter. So then the story continues. Then the people complained. They complained and they turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. They complained. They turned against Moses and they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord. Here's your Royal Training Academy lesson number two. You're going to be disappointed in life. Will you respond to that disappointment with complaining or prayer? A complaining spirit is actually a slavery spirit. A slave mindset is a complaining mindset. A slave mindset is a demanding mindset. A slave mindset looks to other people to solve my problems. But a royal mindset says, I'm a child of the king, and my daddy owns everything, and he has the answer before I even ask, and I have direct access to the throne room of God, and so I'm going to the king. So when you're disappointed in life, Egypt's going to pull on you. Egypt's going to try to pull you back into that mindset that says somebody else is going to solve your problem. But God is pulling you forward and saying, you're a royal, and I'm training you. And here's the word of God, and here's the sword of the spirit. I'm going to teach you to fight. I'm going to teach you to be a warrior. And you're going to get victory, and then you're going to reach back and pull somebody else to victory. That's what a, a royal spirit says. And the story continues, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and Moses threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Again, in an instant, this is crazy, right? Bitter wood gets thrown into the water, and all of a sudden, the water that was causing the problem is now the solution. The same water that brought sadness is now bringing joy. The same water that was bringing frustration is now evoking praise. The same water that could have brought bitterness is bringing life. The same, same, same water. Now watch this. You will miss your miracle in Mara if you pray to get out of Mara when God wants to come into Mara. So, so you will, if you are, if you are in a marriage, a Mara marriage and some circumstances in that marriage have caused some bitterness to rise up. The prayer is not get me out of Mara. The prayer is God, come on into, into Mara. The prayer is God, you can take this marriage that should be a bitter marriage and you can make it a sweet marriage. You can make it a marriage for the glory of God. You can turn this thing around. Don't miss your marriage in Mara. Some of you are at a job and you're being mistreated. Some of you are on a sports team or in a school situation and you're being mistreated. Instead of trying to get out of Mara, pray for a miracle in Mara. Invite God to come into your situation and the same situation that brought bitterness can be the sweetest situation in your life. That's what my God can do for you. Because if he did it in the water, in the desert, he can do it for you today. And the difference, here's the difference, and it seems really strange to me. The difference was a, 
It was a piece of wood. Doesn't that that seem a little bit odd? Like, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to to bless the water? Do you want me to... uh, do you want me to take my staff? You used the staff in the Red Sea, and the, God remember the staff, and God says, no, I want you to take a different piece of wood, and I want you to throw it in the water. So now we have bitter water, and the most bitter circumstance became the sweetest solution, and the difference was one piece of wood. And that seemed strange to me until I thought about it, And then I thought, you know, that kind of makes sense. Because I started thinking back 2,000 years ago to the most bitter day on the planet. Because there was a royal, there was a king that walked this earth, but not many people recognized him as a king. Even though he walked among lepers and he touched lepers and he healed them, even though he turned water into wine. Even though power went out from him and there was a woman who was at the end of her rope and the doctors had given her a fatal diagnosis, they couldn't help her anymore. Power went out from him and and she was healed. Even though this king would kneel down and call children to him and lay his hands on children that all the, uh, the religious people were trying to keep the kids away. But Jesus said, no, bring them, bring them, bring all the, bring all the kids. And he laid his hands on them and he blessed them even though he was perfect even though he called down religious systems and those very systems that were trying to keep people away from him he called them down even though he walked with power and anointing it was a bitter day when one of his 12 closest friends came and kissed him on the cheek and betrayed him And it was a bitter day when he stood trial before the Sanhedrin and people who were paid to tell lies about him lied about him. And it was a bitter day when they took a crown of thorns and when they wove together that crown of thorns and put it on his head. It was a bitter day when they gave him lashes across his back. It was a bitter day when they pulled his beard out. It was a bitter day when they yelled insults at him and when they nailed him to the cross. But the most bitter day in all of human history in a moment became the sweetest day because it was the sweetest day when he said father forgive them for they know not what they do and he wasn't just talking about Roman soldiers he was talking about you and he was talking about me it was a sweet day when he said it is finished and when he took the sin of the world and broke all the sin and broke all the chains it was the sweetest day and the most bitter day became the sweetest day and the difference was a single piece of wood that he hung on the difference was a piece of wood that Jesus hung on and the question in your Mara today is will you invite the cross of Jesus into your situation with heads bowed and eyes closed at all of our locations Some of you would say, Pastor, I'm in Mara right now. 
I got people around me that are trying to make me bitter. I got circumstances that are trying to make me bitter. But I want to invite the cross of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus to flow through me. And Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he couldn't have done that in his own power. He did it. The Bible says, I know he was the son of God, but the Bible clearly says that every miracle Jesus did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that moment was a Holy Spirit through the Son of God moment. And that same Holy Spirit is available to you right now to be able to say to that person who walked out on you, the father who left you, the person that abused you, the person that mistreated you, that you are able to say, Father, forgive them. I can't do it on my own, but I'm not going to take in bitterness. I'm going to release forgiveness. Right now, somebody can just release the offense. You can release forgiveness. You can get free and you can live as a son or daughter of the Most High God. Come on, you got to do that. Just step in right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do it out loud, but right there in your spirit, say, I forgive them. I release them. They don't have control over me any longer. I give them to you, Jesus. I give that situation to you. I know they hurt me, but I, I turn them over to you, Jesus. I release them. I forgive them. I forgive them. Now, somebody here today with heads still bowed and eyes still closed at every location, maybe somebody has never invited the cross into their own life. You would say, my past, you would say Pastor, my, my life right now is bitter, but I want it to be sweet. And I need to accept the blood and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to invite him into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to pray with you right where you're at. But I don't want you to miss this moment. So if that's you, when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand real high. And you can put it right back down and say, I need Jesus. One, two, three. Just shoot your hand up all across this place. I got you. So many. So many. Who else would say, I need them? I got you. I got you. Church, can we surround all of these who are praying this prayer? These aren't magic words. These are just the prayer of your heart. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Just say, dear Jesus, take all of my bitterness and make it sweet. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Dear Jesus, help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. Now, everybody look right here. We got just, just a couple minutes, but this is important because God's getting ready to do some pretty cool things here. I want to tell you the end of the story. There's actually one more part of this story after the water went from bitter to sweet. It was there at Mara that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. And he said, if you'll listen carefully to the voice of God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his degrees, I will not make you suffer any of the diseases that I sent on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. 
There's three types of healing in scripture. There's your spiritual healing. It's the most important. It's what you just did when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The second is your emotional healing. And the third is physical healing. This is talking about physical healing. And I want you to watch this. It's important. The covenant promise of physical healing is right after the temptation to become bitter. And so when you release bitterness and you release forgiveness, you now position yourself for a physical healing. So at all of our locations and at home, if you've got something, that's what you just did. You just released any unforgiveness. And so you are a, a candidate for a covenant of healing. So if you've got something going on in your physical body that you would just say, Lord, I got an elbow or a kidney or cancer or a heart disease or whatever it is from the smallest to the largest, would you just stand and say, God, I need a touch. I need a miracle in my physical body. I need you to touch me. I'm going to believe for that. And there's those who need a physical touch stand. Would everybody else stand at every location? And come on, I want you to be an intercessor. Don't rely on your pastor's prayers right now. I want you who were still seated and are now standing to intercede for somebody who needs a physical touch in their body. God, I pray for a left elbow that that tennis elbow would be gone in Jesus' name. I pray for... for uh, Lord, for arthritis in her right hand right now, I pray that that hand would loosen up in the name of Jesus. I pray, and I call kidneys to function like they should function, and I call that heart murmur now to begin to beat with strength and into alignment in the name of Jesus. And I declare over the house that I declare a royal's anointing. I declare that we are sons and daughters of the Most High, and I declare that you will not waste your pain your pain has a purpose. It's a training ground. And so your situation, your Mara matters. And you will experience a miracle in Mara, and it will be your testimony and that marriage and that restoration. Oh, God, do some amazing things in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. Hey there, and thank you so much again for joining us for CFA Church Live. If you made the decision to live wide awake and fully alive for the first time, we want to hear about it. Send us a message and we'll get somebody to partner with you in this new walk of your life. Also, if you haven't had the opportunity to visit one of our beautiful campuses, next week is the great time to do so. You can go to cfachurch.com and plan out your visit that way. Until then, I pray you continue loving Jesus and changing the world. Thank you.